real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast. Be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. Are you thinking of sharing your knowledge with others, creating an online course, selling digital products, or creating passive income? Look no further than Vonza.com. Vonza makes it easy to create and sell online courses, memberships, products, sales funnels, and beyond, all in one place. Run your entire business on Vonza.com. Go right now to Vonza.com and start your free trial, no credit card required. Welcome to the Frugalpreneur Podcast. I am your host, Sarah St. John, and my guest today has worked with award-winning marketing teams for Comcast and Campbell Soup and now helps businesses grow exponentially through digital marketing. Please welcome to the show, Corey Young. Can you give a little bit of your background? I'd love to hear about how you got started in this and experience working with Comcast and Campbell Soup. So initially, I come from a family of software developers and computer science majors. So I, my journey started a ways away going to school for management information systems. And I decided midway through school that I did not want to do that. I didn't want to quote unquote sit at a desk all day, according to my parents. And so I decided to get my degree in journalism as things were looking not so great for newspapers when everything was going digital. So I got really, really lucky with an internship opportunity that exposed me to the world of digital marketing, which allowed me to really pair my creative writing ability with my technology knowledge or general computer knowledge. So that's kind of how I got started in the digital marketing world, went to a couple of agencies, found myself at Comcast helping launch the start of the Xfinity brand, as well as the e-commerce functionality for Comcast prior to really 2009, 10. If you wanted to go online and pay your bill, cool. But if you wanted to go online and, and purchase something, didn't really exist when it came to Comcast. So really helped grow a department from 20 people to eventually when I left 200 people. Comcast has a venture called Digital First, which basically took the company from digital being an afterthought to digital being essentially the only thought. From there, I moved to Campbell Soup Company, where I helped grow their marketing services team and kind of try to transform or reshape the way that the CPG industry thinks about digital marketing as opposed to television commercials. That's kind of how I ended up starting my own agency, realizing that a lot more people needed help with this and that my experiences and and knowledge that I could definitely assist entrepreneurs in their digital marketing. What kind of services do you provide or how do you help people with their digital marketing? So we are mainly an SEO agency, but we definitely have expertise in paid advertising, content marketing. It's really a team full of writers that are also really technologically savvy. The majority of the team actually has the same background as myself. And I know them very well because we were all 
children messing around with computers in my hometown of Philadelphia as teenagers. And so I just decided to basically start a business with my friends who I knew were were very technologically savvy, but also we all had that marketing bug, marketing itch. That's awesome. Yeah. I would love to hear more about SEO. That's one of those areas that I don't feel like I'm good at it. And it's kind of daunting and it stresses me mm-hmm. out just thinking about it. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. It is. That is a similar response that I get from a lot of people. SEO is both quantitative and qualitative. I I say to my team all the time, there is a lot of hypothetical that goes into SEO, which if you are a black and white kind of thinker, it's hard to wrap your head around and it's hard to even know where to start. There's a lot of data But also there is the general marketing element of ad copy or titles and meta descriptions, things like that, where you are still absolutely selling to a customer, but you're also trying to finagle what Google likes and doesn't like. So it's a both an art and a science. What are some, I guess, tips for someone to improve their SEO? I know like uh, I have a WordPress site and of course there's the Yoast SEO, Mm -hmm. which helps a little bit. Well, first of all, is that a good plugin if someone is doing it on their own or is it lacking? Yeah, so so Yoast is definitely good, especially from a beginner standpoint. It's good from a directional standpoint, as in I would never follow Yoast's recommendations as gospel, right? But it is absolutely a good plugin to use if you want to have your foundational SEO solid, but it doesn't necessarily touch on Again, like I said, it's not black and white. So there's a lot of nuance in in there that a piece of software can't quite tell you. So with your team, how does that work with SEO? Like if someone hired your, your company to help with SEO, how do y'all go about doing that? I like to say from a 6,000 foot view that we are bridging the gap between your business and your ideal customer. They are using certain words or certain language to look for the service or product that you offer. And so what we do is first assess the industry landscape because every industry is different, but the formula remains the same. So understanding what the general landscape is, understanding the keywords that people use or the key topics that people search for and aligning that to the service or product that our client would offer. A a good example is I was actually speaking with a client a couple of uh, days ago and they have, uh, it's an insurance agency and they have commercial insurance as umbrella of the different kind of business insurance that they offer. But a lot of people are searching for insurance for apartment complexes or insurance for different elements of what would fall under the umbrella of commercial insurance. So rather than group all of those things into commercial insurance, we need to create assets or pages that meet the need of those searches. So for example, I would create a page specifically for insurance for apartment buildings or apartment complexes, because someone who's looking for that is much more likely to click on something that meets that specific need as opposed to saying, 
commercial insurance and all in, in one fell swoop. So it's really meeting the needs of the searcher who is also your customer. Okay, so it's not just keywords. It's the long tail keywords where it's almost more like a question mm -hmm. or a sentence. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, so SEO really evolved from keyword-based to topical probably a decade ago where you're no longer just targeting a single keyword. You are targeting a topic that has multiple keywords underneath of it. So if I were looking for a physical therapist because I got injured, I might look for a physical therapist for knee injuries or for arm injuries. And so they all do fall under the bucket of physical therapist, but you still need to mention that you service those different aspects of physical therapy in order to meet the need of the searcher, as well as in order for the search engine to understand that that's what you do. It's really a, a game of playing nice with Google, but Google is understanding what people are actually looking for. So Google is almost a proxy for your target. I guess the more descriptive and detailed it is, like the a knee injury versus just a regular physical therapist. Okay. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. The more, the more specific there isn't, there's definitely an art. You can be too specific, but there is absolutely an art to understanding what does Google consider a synonym or a related keyword? And how do we group those into one page or two pages so that we're not creating 5,000 pages. So then if someone is doing their own SEO, where would they, they, they would just need to make sure to include that throughout their website and the copy or? Yes, there is a, the way that we would start working with a client after getting their onboarding information, so on and, and so forth and understanding their business and their business landscape is we would then map out their site architecture. So what services do they offer? How can we group those services? Are there topics and subtopics? What is the hierarchy of their website? And from there, we understand, okay, here are the, the things that we need to tackle. If they offer five different services that people search for, then, all right, we need five service pages. Maybe we need additional content topics for blog content or things like that. But really, once we identify the foundational steps, we then go into a couple of different pieces of software that we use that anyone can really use. There's Moz, there's SEMrush, there is Ahrefs, which is my favorite. And it's going to tell you specifically what keyword people are searching and then how many times a month it gets searched. And that dictates the strategy, the SEO strategy from a agency standpoint or from if you're doing it on your own, you want the keywords that people are searching for the most. And I guess you would have to know some SEO, I guess, if you're doing paid ads as well. The relationship between paid advertising and, or I should say paid search and SEO is almost like symbiotic 
in that they both exist on the search engine results page in different locations, but the same search is going to trigger both organic results and paid results. So understanding the process of keyword research and search volume and things like that is vital for both practices. Where they differ is that you have a little bit more leeway with paid advertising to use marketing copy You're not limited as much in character count. There's a limit to your title and your description in organic search. That limit is stretched a little bit further when it comes to paid search. And so it allows you, because you're paying for it, they allow you a little bit more of the bells and whistles. SEO is the meat and potatoes. It's really, let's call it the vegetables of digital marketing. Like you absolutely need it. And it is the most healthy thing for your business, but it is nowhere near as tasty looking as paid search or Facebook ads or LinkedIn advertising. A lot of people I see come to us after experimenting with that stuff and realizing it is a literal everyday grind that if you are also doing what you're best at, your trade, you don't have time to also sit and pay attention to AdWords and make sure that you didn't spend a thousand dollars today. Yeah. And you mentioned Facebook and LinkedIn ads. Would the kind of same rules apply as far as SEO? Like if you're doing an ad in Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever, as it would in Google? Paid advertising outside of Google is a little bit different. For example, we do Facebook ads and LinkedIn ads as well you have a lot more freedom in those realms. Number one, they are oftentimes like more visual mediums. You can include pictures in Google the way that you can in Facebook. And the marketing style is a little bit different. Paid search in Google and SEO are demand capturing marketing channels. So someone is actively looking for the service or product when you show up. Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, they are shown to you proactively. You may not be looking for it. It's uh, like, you know, stop marketing for you're scrolling and all of a sudden an ad hits you in the face or you're on Instagram and you may not have, well, you almost definitely weren't looking for it. It was looking for you. So that is uh, a major difference. So in a way you might get more bang for your buck with Google ads if you do them right anyway. Right. The only downside to AdWords is that almost everyone knows about it now. So the the mechanism is that you're effectively in an auction against everyone else bidding on those keywords. The more people there are, the more expensive it becomes, so on and so forth, as opposed to the other mechanisms where it might not be as saturated as AdWords, which has been around for 20 years. And so how do you know if your SEO is good or not? I guess, are there metrics within the AdWords or? When it comes to paid search and SEO, connecting them to performance is all inside of Google Analytics. So that's another vital aspect that we honestly try to even teach our clients for when they may or may not work with us anymore. It's vital that you understand what we're doing instead of just being like, oh, hey, go do your thing. It's like, no, we we want you to understand exactly what we're doing, why we're doing it, and the impact that it's having on your business or your website. So we definitely track everything inside of analytics and also 
go over that on a monthly basis from an SEO standpoint. And so I know like with social media, algorithms are always changing, but what about with Google and maybe a, a keyword or a phrase works really well one day or one week or one month? And then, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess that stuff can shift probably. Yeah. So the Google is notorious for making multiple changes to its search algorithm throughout every year. So you'll notice they actually it affects some industries more than others. It really depends. There was an algorithm update in December, I believe, that impacted the arts and entertainment industry. And some industries it affects positively and others it affects negatively. And so it's definitely a game of making sure that you're ahead of the algorithm. The way you can tell that is if you're not getting as many clicks or you're your ranking, yeah, there's plenty of like rank trackers. That is the formula for SEO in a nutshell is that if you have optimized your landing page, your title and meta description properly, then you, let's say you rank in the top 10 for a certain keyword or certain keywords, you should expect a number of clicks based on your position. If all of a sudden that number of clicks goes down, or your position goes down, that formula all of a sudden changes. And so the last time it was measured, I believe position one will get you 30% of the clicks based on the number of searches per month. So if a keyword has 100 searches a month, position one is going to get you 30 visits. Position two, gets you 15. So it just goes every position you lower, it go it cuts in half. So like 30, 15, seven, three. And then once you hit the bottom of page one, you get 1% of the, the, the overall clicks. So it is vital to be at the top, but also there is an understanding of you should expect this many visits depending on your position do you feel like it is worth time or money to do Bing ads or just Google? I think Bing is worth it because it's less saturated than Google, but you also should expect a lower return because it's Bing. The same way that when it comes to SEO, Bing's algorithm is slightly different than Google's and it I think it gets like less than 10% of market share. So you shouldn't expect a lot of your visits to come from Bing, but it still mm -hmm. matters to a degree. And I think those are the two main places, right? Google and Bing. There's a third search engine oh, called DuckDuckGo. Right. Yeah, that is, I heard of it probably about 10 or 11 years ago. It, it was getting like 1% of market share at that point, but working for Comcast in SEO, we like needed to know everything. So it was brought to our attention relatively early. But yeah, I, I think that Google and Bing are the two major players. The best analogy in terms of the results that you can expect, because everyone, people want results tomorrow, right? When it comes to SEO, but it's a little bit more of a longer term game. So I do tell people to generally wait 90 days before they see any incremental growth. But when it hits, it hits. So it's like compound interest. You invest money today, you might not be a millionaire tomorrow, but six to 12 months down the line, you're like, wow, I'm glad I invested because now I'm rich. <laughs> so that's generally the 
mentality is you might not see any movement month one and month two, and then month four, five, six, your traffic doubled, your business doubled. We worked with a therapist, a mental health practitioner started in July uh, of 2020 by December, she had quadrupled her revenue Mm. for the year. So it's a very powerful tool if done Mm. the right way. That's good for people to know that it can take three months to see any kind of impact. So like if someone is just getting started with paid ads and stuff, do you recommend starting with Google or starting with Facebook? I would say it really depends. I would say Facebook is probably easier than Google, but I would kind of dip my toe in both and see which one is really kind of moving the needle for your business. And that is one of the things that we do as an agency also is let's say SEO is your main goal, we'll do Facebook ads or Google AdWords for the first couple of months while we're building the foundation for the SEO campaign, knowing that it takes 90 days or more so that you get those results today while also building that long-term compound interest for what is ultimately going to be your your long-term strategy. So that's how I would recommend You know, a lot of entrepreneurs, when they're doing it themselves, either don't necessarily want to wait for the impact of SEO. So they jump right into AdWords or Facebook ads while not fully understanding the the mechanics of Mm. how they operate. Facebook operates off of audiences. So you're targeting demographics and psychographic attributes versus AdWords is keyword driven. You are targeting folks who are looking for specific things as opposed to in Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. I ran a LinkedIn ad once and that was way more expensive than Facebook or Twitter ads. Yeah, I think they're because LinkedIn is so business centric, they're number one, they probably have room to charge more. And then also the expected return is larger than on Facebook, right? You're not necessarily targeting every mom and pop or every person who fits the 25 to 44 demo. You are targeting specific professionals as opposed to just the general population on Facebook. They've got different intents. That's a good point. Yeah. And I think I ran this one campaign I did LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. And I think Twitter and Pinterest was really cheap. Facebook, okay. And LinkedIn, I was like, whoa. (laughs) I haven't Um, tried Google really yet, though. Google is a useful one. If you know specifically what your target market is searching and you're able to really speak the language that they understand and gravitate towards. And then another key from a Google AdWords standpoint is making sure that your landing page matches up with your ad. That is not only going to get you cheaper cost per click, but it's going to complete that customer journey. So maybe even create a specific landing page per ad. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You always want journey to kind of like be congruent. If I'm talking about something in my advertisement, I'm standing up an individual landing page that continues that discussion uh, once okay. they hit my website. Yeah, that's a good point. Wow. 
I hadn't really thought about that, but that makes sense. So if anyone mm-hmm. is interested in learning more about your agency and maybe to hire you, what do you recommend doing? Going to your main website? Go to bccinteractive.com. Same handle on Instagram at bccinteractive, Twitter the same, and Facebook. We are generally pretty active on social media So we'll definitely get back to you. Either myself or one of the members on our team will get back to you. And then my personal Instagram handle is Corey Does Marketing, C-O-R-Y Does. Kind of like Billy Jean is marketing. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. He is my... So I made that before I realized that that was Uh uh, his handle. And my buddy was like, oh, it's just like Billy Jean. I was like, oh, geez. It's similar to, I don't know if you know the artist, Buddy. Yeah. Okay. So that was my nickname Uh. growing up. And I'm the same age or older than him. So obviously I did not take it from him, but everyone is like, oh, yeah, you know, your nickname is Cuddy, like Kid Cuddy. I was like, no, nope, nope, (laughs) nope, that's not who I took it from, but Fair enough. I'm That's not. funny. <laughs> and I'll also so. have links to all of these things that we talked about in your website at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash Corey Young. Well, I really appreciate your time today. I've learned a lot. Thanks for having me. This was an awesome conversation. If you enjoyed and found value from this episode, I'd greatly appreciate it if you rate, review, subscribe, and share at ratethispodcast.com forward slash frugalpreneur. Until next time. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack. Connect with fellow listeners. Share your thoughts on episodes. Engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.